let's just, just, just worship him right now. Lift up your praise, your own words right now. Just lift it to him out loud, out loud. Lift him up. He's worthy of praise. He's worthy of you using your voice. Oh, God, we thank you, Jesus. We, you are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of my breath. You are worthy of everything I can offer right now. I give it to you, oh, God. I give it to you. I give my worship. I give you my honor. I give you my thanks. I bless you with my mouth. I choose to honor you. I choose to surrender to you. I choose to lay my life at your feet, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, if you run out of words, just pray in another language. Whatever, whatever comes to your lips, let it be, let it be an offering to him. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, oh God. We're thankful. Thankful. You're faithful, God. Great is your faithfulness, God, unto me, not just to somebody else. Great is your faithfulness unto me, God. You've been faithful in my life. And I glorify your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anyone that we prayed for that can test something, did anybody experience immediate healing in their body that they want to testify about? Wave, show me, wave your hand at me. Anybody experience something immediately? I just want to check and make sure. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're still waiting, huh? Thank you, Jesus. You know, we don't believe, I don't believe in healing. I believe in Jesus, the healer. We're not interested in a healing technique or just healing as a, as a thought, as, as an idea. We're interested in Jesus, the healer. He is the Savior. He is the healer. He is the baptizer. He's the soon coming king. He, he is the one about who all of heaven is going crazy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And this year, 366 days a year. It's Jesus. Thank you, Father. Jesus, we just honor you. Thank you, Lord. You can go ahead and be seated. I'll switch microphones while you get down. If you want to open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2. You were with us last week. Oh, there we are. Sounds different on this mic. Sound more like myself and less... But if you were here last week, or if you weren't here last week, I mean, um, we we were in Revelation 1, and we were reminded that Jesus is King. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. That's a good reminder. I'm not going to preach that whole message right now. I might be able to, but I'm not going to. Um, But Jesus says, I am. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. Now, look, I'm alive forever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. 
And so he is the one who is and who was and who is to come. He is the Almighty. He is God. And as we looked at last week, this was an encounter with uh, John. Um, And if you're wondering if I'm preaching through the whole book of Revelation, I don't think so. (laughs) I'm not going to say that I'm not. Um, But uh, I believe we're supposed to keep going. And so we're in Revelation 2 today. You know, the book of Revelation, just, and this is going to get to it, was, was, is first of all about Jesus. It's not about the end times. It does have plenty of that in there, absolutely. But the book of Revelation is about seeing Jesus exalted and his kingdom coming to reign on earth. We get off track when we get focused on something that's less than that. Something that's not, you know, takes our focus off of Jesus. Anything that takes your focus off of Jesus is probably not healthy. Even if it's something, quote unquote, in the Bible, you know, some study, some this. It, it, it should, the Bible, Jesus said, this talks about me. When he, in the book of John, he, he said, hey, to all the religious people, he's like, hey, you search all the scriptures, but you didn't find, if you didn't find me, then you didn't really read them. Because they're talking about me, they're pointing to me. And that's the whole idea of the book of Revelations, continue to point to the Savior, to the King, Jesus. And so, in the middle of this revelation of Jesus Christ... Jesus speaks to his people. There are seven letters to seven churches that begin this book here in chapter 2. And since I forgot to put the picture of the map in that I just remembered right now, you'll just have to imagine it. <laughs> or you have permission to look, up, look it up on your phone right now. But after that, put it down and keep listening. But these churches, they were in what is modern-day Turkey. You can touch me down just a bit, guy. I feel like I'm booming too much. So, right there. Um, so these, were seven, these are seven real churches in the area of Turkey. They're kind of all in like a little V, right? You know, it starts with, we're going to start with the church in Ephesus here. And it's right on the, near the coast of, of that, you know, the, you know what Turkey's shaped like? Like a turkey leg a little bit? You know, just like that little... The top part of the turkey leg. <laughs> that's why I thought that's why it was called turkey. <laughs> Isn't that how they named it? <laughs> oh gosh, when you're emotional, you laugh easier, you cry easier, whatever. So, aren't you? Don't you just? I don't know. I love being on the fast too. I just, you know. Well, part of me hates it, okay? Let's say our flesh hates the fast, right? Anybody know that your flesh hates the fast when you're like hungry, 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 hungry? Uh, that's how you know you're fasting is if you're hungry all the time. Uh, you're like, okay, I'm fasting. I have been hungry multiple times every single day for the last seven days. Okay, you're fasting. So, um, but it's so good too because I feel like it just sensitize, It just makes you sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So if you've never done it, I'm not saying, again, if you're new to this, it doesn't mean that we're all going all without food. Some of us are going without much food. Uh, but if you just set aside something, you'll, you'll get hungry. 
And so I encourage you to just jump in. You get to only do 14 days, so that's a good start. You know, if you've never done 21, try 14, whatever. But jump in because it, it, it works on your heart. You know, fasting is not to get God to do something. We're not trying to, we're not trying to manipulate God. Now that I'm fasting, God, now you can do the things I'm praying for. No, it's to, it's to get less of you and more of Him. Because fasting removes your flesh. It tells your flesh you don't get to do what you want. You don't get to watch TV all month. I don't know what he's telling you. You don't get to watch the football games. You can't watch the Cowboys. I'm not, I mean, if Jesus speaks to you, that's fine. That's, if he doesn't speak to you, go ahead and watch it. Or Green Bay. Did they play yesterday or is it today? I don't Okay, I don't, I don't keep up anymore. So, um, I do know they're playing. So, I'm with you, Patty. Okay, um, <clears throat> but it sensitizes you because you you tell your flesh you're not in charge, and if you're not used to it, guess what? Your flesh gets upset. So you don't feel good. But you have to choose to press through to say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus in this. And you get in the word more, you pray more, you get all this stuff, um, you know, and it just begins to, it begins to sensitize you to the, to the presence of God. It sensitizes you to, the, to other people, to, to what's going on in their life. It gives you more compassion. It gives you more, it just gives you more because it's less of you and more of him and he's got it all. Anyway, that's the free message about fasting. So, Jesus is writing to this church. This is a real church in Ephesus. So let's just re- let's read the scripture before I talk too much about it. It says, says this, Holy Spirit, open the word to us as we read. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. That was Jesus in the last chapter. He was doing that. And he said, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Let's stop right there. Now, let, if you read all those things right there, this is like, this is an all-star church right here. This is, you know, this is every pastor's dream. You got the people are working hard. Uh, the word work there is like their accomplishments. There, there's been things accomplished for Jesus. It says they are toiling. They are laboring. There's, there's sweat. There's sacrifice going on in this group. They are following hard after Jesus. It's not just doing, you know, here's the, the bare minimum. No, they're all in. They're going the extra mile and saying, we are going to work very hard for Jesus. And it says they didn't give up either. They endured. They had patient endurance. They were pressing through in the middle of hardship. They were facing challenges, but they walked out victorious. They were overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They were doing all these things. They were, they were getting out those who weren't speaking truth. They were being discerning. 
They were understanding what is true and what is not. Like this is not the direction we're going when evil men try to come in and manipulate and get them off track. So if we just stop there, this would be like, wow, this is the church that we all want to be. But it says this next in verse, well, 4. Yet I hold this against you. Remember, this is Jesus speaking to the church. This is not, this is not John writing it or Paul or any one of the apostles. No, this is Jesus. Yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken the love you had at first or you've forsaken your first love. Consider how far you have fallen Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who's victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And so this church is a church that is doing all the right things, yet they're missing one thing. And it's super important. They've lost their first love for Jesus. You know, what, what is first love? What, what is that? It's in, in Greek, it's protos agape. Everybody knows agape, right? That's the love of God, the unconditional love. It's just protos is first. It's the, the origination or it's, it's the first love. What, what, is, what does that mean? You know, for some people, you come to faith in Jesus and it's kind of progressive. Right. You just kind of you kind of walk into it. You, you know, there's not like this dramatic moment of change for others. There's a dramatic moment of conversion. Right. Neither neither are better or worse or right or wrong. They're all valid because guess what? The whole point is for you to continue to move closer to Jesus. So whatever gets you there, some of us just needed a big, quick jarring at the start. Right. And so that dramatic thing, and then there's that, there's that moment where you are just caught up in love for Him. Yeah, I remember when, uh, when I asked Ashley to marry me. You remember that? It's been a long time ago. <laughs> Hope you remember that. <laughs> I was pretty romantic before I got married. Notice that phrase. I had this whole thing planned out. It was Christmas Day. Yeah. I got her a regular gift Christmas morning. So a good enough one. So she didn't think something else was coming later. Got it? I mean, y'all, if y'all men are in relationship, you know what I'm talking about. It wasn't like, oh, here's a nice small thing. She's like, what? <laughs> no, she's like, oh, that was good. That was a good gift. All right. Merry Christmas. You love me. Um, and so then I took her out and we, we toured the town and went to all these places that were meaningful to us. And we found something at each one. I'd hidden a 
box or something with a message in it. And pretty cool, huh? And like a flower at each one too, right? Um, that's impressive. It's the most impressive thing I've ever done in my life. Um, <laughs> in terms of <laughs> this type of thing. Uh, hey, go, go big or go home, right? Uh, all in. I was all in, okay? And so we finally ended up, and I had a soundtrack playing. I mean, we pulled up to one place, and I'm like, and remember that time we were here, and we were, they were playing this song, and the song was playing. It was, so, it was on a CD, if some of you have heard that of those before. Um, you burn your own one and make, make your own song list. Um, but so we ended up at, you know, down, actually downtown. Um, I don't even remember why we ended up downtown, just because it was a cool place or something. You're like, I don't know, I didn't plan it. So anyway, we're at the old downtown where they had the little waterfall thing at Centennial Park or whatever downtown. And so, uh, and, and so there I got down on my knee and I pulled out a, a ring. I think I, di- I didn't have the ring hidden there. That, I wasn't that dumb. Um, just in case. <laughs> what's, this, what's this here? What's this box here? <laughs> and as I asked her to marry me, I still just remember... I was laughing and crying at the same time. I mean, I almost couldn't couldn't speak. I feel like that's just maybe a little glimpse of what first love is. There's joy. There's tears of joy. There's being overwhelmed with emotion. There's there's wonder. There's expectancy. there's, There's promise. There's... There's hope. All those things, that's, that's first love. There's closeness. There's, there's mutual loving of one another. And so it says here that, that this church, they, they lost their first love. You know, it's easy to lose our first love. Maybe it's not easy, but it happens. I don't want to say it's easy, but it can happen. Sometimes you can just get through life. You're just, you're just going through life and you just, you just go through the motions. You're like, hey, I know how to endure. I know how to pl- press through. I know how, to, I know how to pray. I know how to do the, do the right stuff. I know how to quote the word. I know how to do all the right things that God has given me. But in the middle of it all, we've, we've somehow pulled back from his heart. We've somehow hidden a place of our heart. To me, that's what it was. You know, when I was... When I was offering myself to Ashley to say, will you be my husband? I was, I was laying it all out there. I was exposing all of who I was in that moment. I per- was pretty sure she was going to, what? Well, whatever. <laughs> Just want to let you know that I'm not unclear about that, okay? There's no confusion. I'm not confused like our culture. Okay, so... I was burying my heart, and now you're laughing. Okay. <laughs> Turnabout's foul, fair play. Okay. But, I mean, that's really what it is. is you're, but when, when you draw back from first love, guess what? You begin to hide. You begin to cover parts of our heart. And we would never say, oh, I, don't, I wouldn't do that to, to God. I wouldn't do that to Jesus. When we don't, maybe not even willingly, but we find that we somehow have pulled back from the fiery love that we had at first. 
or the fiery love that we had at some point. Think about the time in your life when you were most in love with Jesus. Maybe it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's, maybe it's this afternoon. Maybe it's going to happen this afternoon when you say, I'm going to take some time to be alone with him. And he's going to meet you and introduce you and say, now this is what first love is like. <laughs> That's fun. You know, this church in Ephesus, it's a pretty amazing church. Uh, when they were founded, Paul showed up there. Um, it's in Acts 19. Let me just let me just read you what happened when the, when this church was founded. So this is like their origin story. This is their this is their founding. This is their encounter with with Jesus and his power and his love. Um, Acts 19. I'm going to get there in the name of Jesus. Look at this. While Paul, listen to all this stuff that happens. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior. He arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so Paul asked, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was for repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That's Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them after that, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So it starts with 12 men in this encounter with Paul and they're filled, they're saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Then it says this, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe. And they publicly maligned the way. This is the Jewish people. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him. Had discussions in the, in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. In other words, he just went to where all the normal people were. The, the unsaved people. This went on for two years. So that all the Jews and Greeks. Everybody say all. All the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia. Heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Next, what happens, it says that some Jews who are around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus. Over those who were demon possessed. And it says. I'm going to summarize this part. They went in and tried to use the name of Jesus. But they didn't really have Jesus. And the demons turned on him and says. I know Jesus and I know Paul. But who are you? And then they attacked him. And it says this. This became known. Verse 17. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus. They were all seized with fear. And the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. They're, they are openly confessing their sins. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. And when they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. That's 50,000 days of work. So whatever that would be. 
50,000 work days. I don't know what that would be. It's like millions of dollars. So this is a huge, huge thing. So basically, this is how this church was. This is the beginning of the church in Ephesus. Later on in, in chapter 20, Paul's about to leave them. And they're all crying because there's such this closeness together. They're weeping. Paul says, I've got to leave you. I'm not going to come back. And, and, they, and they're like, no, you have to come back. He's like, no, I'm not coming back. And he says this to them, hey, watch out, there's going to be some people who come in afterwards, they're going to be like wolves, they're going to try to destroy you and, and, and bring you away from the faith. And that's exactly what we see in the book of Revelation, it says they recognized those and they stood against them. But in the middle of all that, in the middle of all the miracles, in the middle of all the, the great things that happened, again, this is 40 years later, this is after 40 to 50 years later. But they were birthed in this miraculous move of God, this dramatic encounter with Jesus, this love for one another. And it says that they lost their first love. You know, I just feel like that the Lord, you know, all these things that, that Jesus speaks to these churches are relevant to, to his church today. Because I see all the, all the struggles that all these churches have are things that we all are going to face at some point in our lives. Because there's going to be some point in our lives where we've just been pressing through so hard. We've been, we've been working so hard. We've been, we've been laboring. We've been sweating. We've been persevering. We've been enduring. We've been all, doing all this stuff. But we don't realize in the middle of all that that we pulled back our hearts from Jesus. And it's not about just loving Him. And Jesus says, consider how you've fallen and repent. You know, I find there's, there's, there's three things that, that come in often that help us, that make us lose our first love. So these things can also apply to your marriage, too, if you're, if you're needing help there. Number one is busyness. We just get busy with life, right? We just get busy. You can get bit busy like they were serving the Lord. You're like, I'm just, I'm just doing what I have to do. I'm doing, and I'm not telling you not to do what you have to do. I'm not saying you don't have to go to work. Uh, you know, I'm not saying you don't have to take care of your family. I'm not saying any of those things. But what I'm saying is, is that is the busy, is just the busyness of life. Are you so busy that you're not in love with Jesus? That you're not pouring your heart out to Him. That you're not having His heart poured into you. Number two is disappointment. Disappointment. Something happens. Someone dies. Someone, you know, something that you were hoping for, an unexpected outcome in your family, in your personal life. Something happens and you're just, you're just disappointed. You wouldn't say it, but maybe you're disappointed in God. Maybe you're just disappointed that He didn't, you know, He didn't show up. He didn't, he didn't do what you wanted Him to do. He didn't, we, we were praying, God, we, we, we were praying, why, why did this happen? You know, I feel like the disciples were kind of like that when, after Jesus uh, was killed. 
all the disciples, they, they pulled their hearts back in. And they went and said, we're going to go hide now. <laughs> and even when Jesus showed up, it says they had to, it was hard for them to believe. They weren't, re- they weren't willing to open up their heart. And so in the middle of, in the middle of disappointment, we have to deal with we have to deal with disappointment. You have to deal with your disappointments because if not they will begin to pile up in in your heart and they will form a barrier between you and him. And then when you're trying to believe God for something, when you're trying to like, you know, okay, I'm going to go into this place of prayer or worship, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to move forward or you try to fast or something, it's just like there's, there's like this barrier. It's a barrier of you are holding on to your disappointments. You might be disappointed in yourself. You might be disappointed in someone else. You might be disappointed in the situation, whatever it is. But that thing is, is, is taking the place of you being able to express and open your heart to Jesus. And the third one is this, failure, sin, secret sin. You know, in, in John chapter 21, there's just a beautiful thing. You know, Peter, of course, is the, the, the poster boy of, that gets preached on all the time about denying Jesus three times, right? I mean, aren't you so glad that you're... Your failures aren't forever being preached on Sunday for centuries. <laughs> but Peter's are. <laughs> but I don't want to focus so much on Peter's failure, but Jesus' response. Because we all know what it's like to be like Peter. And I'm not going to point the finger at him, one. for I might have been doing just the same thing in his same shoes. But Jesus comes to him and he calls him to himself. I think that's important. He, call, he didn't do this publicly. He called him away from the disciples. He says, come over here. Peter, do you love me? Peter, Do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know, there's a parable, not a parable, there's an encounter that Jesus had with a a woman in Luke chapter 7. It's the woman that comes to the feet of Jesus. He's at the Pharisee's house. Anybody remember this story? In Luke chapter 7. Jesus goes to dinner with the uptight religious loser. And he sits at his table. And this woman comes in. She's a probably a prostitute. And she begins to cry on Jesus' feet. And it, she's crying so much that his feet are soaked with her tears. And so she begins to dry his feet with her hair. I mean, this is like, 
First of all, in this culture, it was totally inappropriate. It's totally inappropriate right now. I mean, in our culture, too, we'd be like, what is wrong with this woman? And that's exactly what the, everybody there said. Jesus, don't you know what, who, this, who she is? Don't you know? Like, she's like, she's like, she's wiping your, your feet with her hair. And Jesus turns to all the people and says, hey, when I came in here, nobody asked to even wash my feet. But this woman has wet her feet with my tears and she's dried it with her very hair. And he says this, the one who is forgiven much loves much. The one who's forgiven much loves much. Here's the interesting thing that I don't know if I've ever thought, thought of it this way. When we're caught in our failures and sins, there is a promise of more love for Jesus on the other side of forgiveness. It's amazing how God can work. He says, guess what? Even in your worst failure, even in your worst moment, there is a promise of more love for me in your life. It doesn't make sense because that's how God works. Doesn't God work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose? He's working for good. And so isn't it interesting when we're in that place of Especially like secret sin. Have you ever had something that you just like, it's kind of hidden from everybody. And you're like, we're not, we're not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with this. We just kind of put it in a nice little compartment in the corner. And we, you know, we access it and we do it. But we're like, we don't ever want to go back there again. But we keep going back there anyway. Usually it's like addiction of some kind. It could, it could be anything. But it, there's this secret thing. And we don't, we don't, want, it, we don't want it exposed, Right? but when the very thing that's going to bring us freedom and actually make us fall more in love with Jesus is forgiveness, is bringing it into the light. This woman was laying herself, all of who she was, and believing that Jesus was not going to reject her. I mean, tell me that this woman didn't have a revelation of Jesus as the Savior already. She already knew who he, who, who he was at that moment. So she was rightfully offering herself to say, I come to you. Guess what? The one who's forgiven much loves much. And don't let your don't let your failure keep you from Jesus. Don't don't let your failure bust bust in. Just just go all in and say, I'm going to I'm going to deal with this thing in my life. I'm going I'm to go all in and deal with this, this addiction to this thing. I'm going to deal in, I'm going to go all in with this, with this unforgiveness that I have in my life toward this one person. I'm going to quit putting it on the side. I'm going I'm to dig in and say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive. I'm going to, you know, because unforgiveness is what? Sin. I'm going to deal with this sin in my life where I can find and I can, you know what, it might feel like I'm just crying and pouring out my tears at the feet of Jesus and having to wipe them with my hair. But guess what? At the end, Jesus says, woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That's why the enemy doesn't want you, want you to stay 
quiet. Stay secret about it. Just don't, don't bring it up. Don't, you don't have to deal with that. Just, just go through all the motions. Quote the word, pray, worship God, dance around, do all the stuff. You know, let, let all the, you know, the outside stuff in. But don't deal with that thing on the inside. Because if he knows if you deal with that thing on the inside, you'll fall so in love with Jesus that you're not going to care who's around when you lay out your love for him. You're not going to be you're not going to be scared or embarrassed to express your love for Jesus, even if everyone else around you is going, what is going on with you? Because when you're forgiven much. You love much. So don't let your failures push you away from him, don't let your don't let your disappointments. Keep you from his heart, don't let your. The busyness of our cultural life pull you away from your first love. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. when Jesus is talking about the end times in the book of Matthew I know I've said this before but it just came to my mind it says the love of many will grow cold because of the increase of wickedness so sometimes just the other thing that causes us to pull back our love and it for our love to grow cold for him is just because of all the junk all around us we can't we can't we cannot let our circumstances or what's going on around us in our world to put out the flame of our love for Jesus we just can't let it and here's the, here's the awesome thing, you know, is that Jesus comes to us. I think he comes to us in that moment and says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you still love me? And Peter knew that, he loved, that Jesus loved him. Yes, you know that I love you, Lord. I'm going to give you my disappointment. I'm going to give you my sin. I'm going to give you my failure. I'm going to give you whatever is holding me back from you. I'm going to, I'm going to lay it at your feet. Thank you, Father. So my question to you is this. Have you lost your first love? Have you been more in love with Jesus some other time in the past than you are today? The scripture says here, what we do is you just return, you repent. You come back to him. And say, Lord, I, I do love you. Fill me, fill me with your love. Oh God, <laughs> let me experience your love freshly. I need to experience your love. 
Let me not hold back my love from you. Thank you, Father. Let's just respond to the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul. Rejoice, take joy, my King. In what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let's stand up and sing that one more time. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. To worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound. In your ear. Thank you, Father. All my love, all my love, all my love, you can have it all. All my heart, all my soul, all I am, you can have it all. Jesus, we just freshly offer ourselves, our hearts to you, God. We lay down anything that would hinder us from being in love with you, from loving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Just as you said, hey, what's most important? Jesus said, hey, here's what's most important. If you lose this, you've lost everything. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. Thank you, Father. Lord, where, we, where we, our love has grown cold, where our hearts have become hard, where we've let disappointment and confusion come into our hearts about who you are. God, we, we, we ask you to forgive us and to just wipe us clean so that we can see you as, we, as you are once again, so we can understand who you really are. Lord, help us be like that woman who, who just was willing to express her love for you, whether it's private or public. She was like, I am, I am just laying everything at the feet of Jesus. Forgive us if we become like the Pharisee 
forgive us if we become like the, the church who's just doing the work. Forgive us if we are believing the lie that our sin and failure is greater than your love and your salvation. Let us step into your promise. Let us step into your promise, O God. If you just want everybody, every eye closed, just put if you if you feel like you need this, just put your hand on your heart right now. And I'm just going to pray. God, I just pray for everybody who has their hand on their heart, for the love of God to saturate them in such a way. Because you, we love because you first loved us. Lord, those that need forgiveness in their hearts, be free, heart. Be free, heart. Be free to love. Because of the cross and the blood of Jesus, be free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your love. Lord, any hearts that are just, Lord, the disappointment is just drenching them right now. It's just, it just, it's like a blanket covering them. It, every time they try to enter into your presence, there's just this thing that's blocking them. God, we just pray right now, we release those disappointments to you. Right now, we release those disappointments to you. doesn't matter who we're disappointed with, ourselves, someone else, you. We just release those disappointments. God, we, we give them up to you. Lord, we give up our right to understand everything. We give up our right to be in charge of everything. We give up the right to have it our way all the time. God, we give up our right to be God. We don't have a right. We're not God. So we lay down those things, God. And I pray for the, these hearts that are heavy, God, that, that hearts would be lifted. And I pray for every single one of us, Lord, if we need to get with you today or as soon as possible this week, God, help us take that time where we say, I, I need to get away with Jesus for a while until, until I experience his love in a fresh way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit is the one that pours the love of God in our heart. God, I pray for an openness to the Holy Spirit in everyone, in every heart in this room, in Jesus' name. I pray for an openness and a communion with your Holy Spirit. God, I pray for a breakthrough of, of hearing your voice for those in this room. God, because if we can hear your voice, man, we, we sure love you the more we hear you. The more we know you, the more we love you. Help us know you. Reveal your heart to us, O oh Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you, if you need prayer, if you just need someone to agree with you in prayer, please, please come on up before we go. We'll have some people here to pray. So uh, be blessed if you need to go. But, but don't get prayer if, if you still need prayer before you leave. Thank you.